Disgruntled members of the New Brunswick Progressive Conservative Party have failed the first step in triggering a leadership review of Premier Blaine Higgs. A Milton, Ontario man who was charged with second-degree murder for killing an armed home invader has had charges withdrawn by the Crown. A Peel District school board teacher says he and other educators were forced to attend a diversity, equity and inclusion session containing critical race theory. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, August 1st, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Andrew Lott. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. It looks like New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs is safe for now. Disgruntled members of the New Brunswick Progressive Conservative Party have failed the first step in triggering a leadership review of Higgs, with the party president saying they did not submit enough valid letters to initiate the process. The inability to get the required letters necessary presents a major setback for those wanting to remove Higgs over his parental rights policy. Back in June, the New Brunswick government announced changes to Education Policy 713, to, among other things, require that children under the age of 16 receive parental consent before they can officially change their name or pronouns at school. While the policy change outraged trans activists, supporters of gender ideology, and liberal politicians, it also was met with opposition from some progressive conservatives. Two PC cabinet ministers resigned over the ordeal, while some party members began organizing to force a leadership review. Dissidents have claimed their opposition to Higgs isn't solely based on the parental rights policy, but rather on, quote, a pattern of autocratic leadership over the past three years. In July, members submitted what they believed were the required letters to trigger a review. Letters from at least 50 party members, including presidents of at least 20 PC riding associations. Dissidents said they had submitted letters from 26 presidents. However, PC President Erica Hatchie wrote to members on Monday to inform them she had determined that the requirements have not been satisfied. The leadership review process has not been triggered. A review with legal advice found that just over 40 letters from current party members were submitted, and just 15 of those were from actual riding presidents. Hatchie gave August 19th as a new cutoff date for members to submit letters, meaning the effort to remove Higgs is not over yet. So Andrew, we've seen this first push against Premier Higgs relatively fall flat on its face. You know, they have a couple more weeks left to acquire the necessary letters to force this leadership review. But from my experience watching Canadian politics, leadership reviews often end up as just like a big hustle and bustle, but nothing really comes out of these things. So is this something that Premier Higgs should be worried about? Look, I think that if there is a large group of dissenters in your own party that are not happy with your leadership, even if they don't comprise a majority, 
of your party's members, you should absolutely be a little bit worried about it. But I don't actually think we're seeing that here. And I, the, really, the the takeaway from this story, in my view, is just how small this group is, how few people there actually are that seem to fall into that dissident category who are dissatisfied with Blaine Higgs' leadership. And, and look, they can mention whatever they want as being the excuses for why they're trying to uh, uproot his leadership. But really, this has all come about in the wake of his parental rights efforts. So there's a, a small very loud minority in the New Brunswick PC party that's not happy with what he's doing but for the most part everyone else in his party and even people outside the party are okay with it so uh, yes in in short you should be worried if there's a, a big group in your party that doesn't like you there but that's not what this is it's not a big group it's just a very loud one so the interesting thing to me is that if you were to slowly watch the media coverage of this, it would seem like there's a huge amount of dissent against Premier Higgs. But as you've pointed out, they've failed to even reach the cutoff here. So I'm wondering, is this a matter of a disconnect between the media coverage, the legacy media coverage? You know, we've seen the prime minister comment on this Uh and a disconnect with that and the reality of the situation. Yes, I think it is. And I would also add here that a lot of the people that are weighing in on this, certainly from the national press, are not people that know anything about New Brunswick politics or otherwise pay attention to it. So they're only sort of tuning in now because they feel that they can score a, a few points in the culture war off what's happening there. But I really do think it's backfiring on them. I, I think that the more we look at this, the more we see how uh, Blaine Higgs is probably increasing in his popularity with all of this not going the other way. A Milton, Ontario man who was charged with second-degree murder for the killing of an armed home invader had his charges withdrawn on Monday. According to Global News, the Crown withdrew the charge, said there was no reasonable prospect of conviction against the defendant, Ali Meehan. Uh, Meehan was charged with murder earlier this year after several armed intruders allegedly entered into his home at around 5 a.m. on February 19th. Halton Regional Police believed the intruder's intent was to commit robbery. Uh, Meehan's lawyer, Jag Verg, thanked the Crown for, quote, using their reasonable discretion and a agreeing to withdraw the charges today, unquote. Uh, Jag Verk said his client was very happy and thankful and had been under tremendous stress knowing that he'd be spending considerable time in jail had he been convicted, even though he was, according to the lawyer, just trying to protect himself and his mother. Amian lived in a home on Milton's Gibson Crescent with his mother, who was present during the robbery. He is a registered lawful firearms owner and used a firearm to shoot an intruder. Several of the intruders then fled the scene when police arrived and they were able to identify one of the suspects, uh, Alexander Amoroso Leacock, 21, from Toronto. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Verk argued that Meehan used his gun lawfully against Amoroso Leacock as he was armed and posing a threat to the home residents. Verk also claimed that his client never should have had the charge laid against him in the first place as this was a clear-cut case of self-defense. So obviously we can be happy that there was something resembling justice here with this charge being withdrawn, but I think the lawyer's point is a valid one here, that it never should have gotten this far in the first place, should it? 
No, I think I think that's absolutely true. I mean, when police are responding to these incidents, there has to be an investigation. They have to look at the facts of what was going on. Um, we here we have a situation where somebody's intent on committing a crime. They're they're invading somebody's property. They're presenting a threat, and this individual is licensed to own this firearm. I'm sure the the facts here he, the firearm was was handled properly so i don't think charges should have been pressed in the first place but we do live in canada after all i think it is a positive development that the crown withdrew these charges knowing that they couldn't get a conviction but i remain concerned that if this went to court Milan here would have lost because, it, from my impression, Canada doesn't have the best self-defense securities uh, for victims of crime. No, you're certainly right there. And there have been a number of cases, including some very high profile ones, where people have actually had to go all the way to trial and defend themselves there and spend tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees and have their lawful firearms seized by government only to then be acquitted. But they have to go through this ordeal before they get to that point. And I think really what we see here, even in this case where the charges were withdrawn, the process is the punishment. And even if you've done something that was entirely lawful by having to be forced into this system and defend it you are being punished for it yeah it's really tough because when you're in a situation where you don't have time to wait for the police your life or somebody else's life may be under threat i don't know what i would do but you you only have such a limited amount of time and it's really unfortunate that we don't provide citizens with the security that if they defend themselves in such a situation, the state will be behind their back and, and be willing to back them up and not press these charges in the first place. A Peel District school board teacher says he and other educators were forced to attend a diversity, equity and inclusion session containing critical race theory, attacks on white people, and claims that merit and objectivity are linked to, quote, whiteness. DEI sessions for educators have recently been under scrutiny following the suicide of Toronto principal Richard Bilsko, who was allegedly bullied at a diversity seminar. Ontario's Ministry of Education has since ordered a review into training for teaching staff. The PDSB teacher who asked to remain anonymous told True North he found his board's anti-racism session toxic and not contributing to the greater good of education. He said the panel took place in September 2020 as part of mandatory professional development. The session came following a summer of Black Lives Matter protests and riots triggered by the murder of George Floyd in the United States. The panel featured four black PDSB employees, including Vice Principal Melissa Wilson. In the recording, Wilson makes several controversial remarks about race. She claimed race is a social construct rather than a biological concept, claimed white people, quote, generally do not want to speak about race and racism and are defensive and argumentative, and also linked objectivity and merit to, quote, whiteness. The anonymous PDSV teacher told True North he believes only a minority of educators support CRT, but that the minority is vocal and intimidating. He said, The vocal minority speaks and everybody else just sits silently hoping to get through it, hoping to not say something that's going to get them in trouble. 
Andrew, we've seen the unfortunate and tragic case of Principal Richard Bilsko. Do you think there is a reckoning going on? Do you think that the education system will come and deal with diversity, equity, and inclusion in a sensible way, in a way that does not uh, divide people or discriminate against certain groups of people? I'm not optimistic, and I, I think the Bilkstow case is a very useful example here. Tragic as it is, it shows what happens if someone in one of these sessions decides they want to engage in a dialogue with one of these facilitators and actually challenge some of the underlying premises. No, it then gets turned around and they're accused of being upholding the white supremacist system or something to that effect. And I, I think we, it's encouraging that we're seeing more and more teachers and city council members and people that have gone through these DEI training sessions that are reaching out to tell us what they had to listen to a couple of years ago. But unless the board is to take that to heart and the government's to take that to heart and say, we aren't going to mandate these things, we aren't going to allow these things, it's not really going to change anything. And we're going to go back to anyone who dares put up a hand and raise a critique will be accused of being a racist, which no one, understandably so, wants on their record at work. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.